Hello everyone, this is Fola Kamalafe from Fresh Inspiration and I'm going to be talking to you about healing God's way and some of the things that we can learn about healing God's way. And today I want to read about the story of the paralytic, the paralytic that was healed by Jesus. And we're going to read that in the book of Luke chapter 5 from verses 17 to 26. And the same account you will find in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 2 and in Mark chapter 2 from verses 2 to 5. But I want us to look at Luke chapter 5 verses 17 to 26 because he sort of expands on it in a little bit more detail that we will find helpful as we understand what it is that the Holy Spirit wants to teach us about healing. You see, I believe that everything that is recorded in the Bible is for our learning. There's a reason that we have what we're reading today. It's because there are things that the Spirit of God wants to show us. There are things that the Spirit of God wants to reveal to us. So as we reach through the accounts, as we reach through the life and the ministry of Jesus, as we read about the healings that Jesus performed, you know, my heart and your heart should be asking, what is it, Holy Spirit, that you want me to see? What are the main points here that I can take from it that can help me on my faith journey, whether I'm believing for healing for myself or for somebody else? What can I learn from it? And that's what we're going to be looking at as we look at this account of the healing of the paralytic. So we're looking at Luke chapter 5 from verse 17 to 26. And it says, Now it happened on a certain day, as Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by, who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and they let him down with his bed through the tiling into the mist before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. Verse 21. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, rise up and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. As we read this, there are a number of things that jump out at us. First of all, of course, we see that Jesus heals the man. That was paralyzed but we see a lot of things going on as well in those few verses of scripture 
the first thing we see is that Jesus was teaching and Jesus was teaching and the Bible says in Luke 5 17 that as he was teaching the power of the Lord was present to heal the power of the Lord was present to heal you know as we hear the word of God the word of God releases God's power into our lives the word of God is synonymous with God with his power with the the power of the Holy Spirit so as he was teaching the word it says the power of the Lord was present to heal now I don't know how many people were listening but we know of one person who definitely got healed but the power was there for many to be healed but the bible says jesus says later on that he saw their faith he saw their faith so that means that there was something that drew that power into the life of that man that made him healed and it was faith because he says jesus saw their faith in verse 20 and he said to the man your sins are forgiven you. So what did Jesus actually see when he saw their faith? What did Jesus see? Jesus saw people who were so keen to get to him. And when they could not because of the crowd, so there was a crowd. They could not get to him because of the crowd. So what did this men do? They went to the top of the house. They took off the tiling of the top of the house and they brought the man down through the roof. Because they knew, they, they sensed that Jesus was going to be able to heal their friend. So they brought him down through the roof and the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. He saw that nothing was going to stop them, not the crowd, because they believed. He saw their faith. He saw their belief. He saw their action. They did not say anything to Jesus. Jesus saw their actions and their action showed their faith. So the first thing that we can learn as we read this healing of the paralytic the first thing we learn is that faith has corresponding action your faith has to have corresponding action what was the corresponding action we see here we see the persistence and the determination of the paralytic's friends and it demonstrated their faith they did something they didn't just hear the word and wait they did something they they demonstrated their faith by their actions and the bible says that jesus saw their faith they so wanted their friend to be healed and jesus saw their faith your faith has to have corresponding action you see when we read in hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4 and as you read Hebrews 11 and verse 4 onwards, you see many, many accounts of the faith of many people 
in that account. And it says to us from verse 4, you will see where the Bible says, By faith, Abel did something. By faith, Enoch was taken away. By faith, Noah did something. By faith, Abraham did something. All of them did something because of their faith. By faith, in verse 11, Sarah did something. They all had corresponding action in light of what God had said to them or what God had promised to them. Now, God could have said anything to them and if they didn't do anything, nothing would have happened. So their faith had corresponding actions. That's why we say again in Hebrews eleven six. but without faith, it is impossible to please God because you have to come to God. And we see the friends of the paralytic put corresponding action to their faith. And Jesus says to them, man, your sins are forgiven you. You see, faith is a spiritual force. It's a force with a corresponding action that defies, defies the conventional. It defies the normal. It defies everything because it is a greater power. It is a spiritual power. It is a spiritual force that makes things happen. Faith, some people say, is our spiritual currency. The Bible says through faith, we receive all the promises of God. By faith, we receive all the promises of God. But your faith has to have corresponding action. When we look at the book of James chapter 2 and verse 18. James chapter 2. James talks about faith and corresponding action. And the importance of corresponding action to our faith. And in James chapter 2 and verse 18. James says, someone will say, you have faith and I have works or corresponding actions. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. That word works means corresponding action. I will show you my faith by my works, by my corresponding actions. For it goes on to say in verse 26 of James chapter 2, that as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without corresponding action is dead also so it's important that our faith has corresponding action and here i want to say to you that it doesn't matter how little your corresponding action is just do something because you believe it may be that you're in a place where you feel you know the circumstances are challenging so you may be going through believing god for your healing you know and you're in pain or something Find a little corresponding action that you can do. For me, sometimes it may be just a decision that I'm not going to stay in bed today, but I'm going to sit up downstairs. It may be I'm going to have a shower. It may be I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to defy what is telling me that I cannot do something. And I'm going to do it because I believe God, I believe that his power is present to heal me because of the word of God, because of the spirit of God in me. So I'm going to do something no matter 
how little. So I want to encourage you that if you are believing God for your healing and you are standing in faith and you've come to, to God and into his presence to receive your healing, put corresponding action. Confess the word of God that you are healed. Maybe you couldn't have a drink. Trust God that I'm going to have a drink. Trust God I'm going to walk a few meters today. Do something because that is you doing something and demonstrating your faith in God. And as you do so, strength comes, power comes, and healing will come in the name of Jesus. So the first thing that we learn from this is the importance of corresponding action to our faith. The importance of corresponding action to our faith in light of what God has promised. What, what creates the corresponding action is, is the belief that we have in the word of God. The belief in the scripture. The belief that if God says it, then it is my truth. So I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to do something that maybe my body doesn't feel like doing. Because I believe in the word of God. So the first thing we learn is that your faith has to have corresponding action. To do something other than what your body is saying that you cannot do. Remember we've said it before. Faith and healing starts on the inside. It's first spiritual and it is then physical. And faith is a spiritual force. And that drives the action that we put to our faith. The second thing we see as we read the account of the paralytic is the importance of the company that you keep. You know, this paralytic had friends and he had friends that were going to help him to get to Jesus. He has friends that were going to accompany him. When you read the account in Mark chapter 2, verse 2 to 4, in verse 3, it says, Then they came to him, they came to Jesus, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. So he had a good company. He had a company of four men, company of people who believed like him. Company of people who had faith like him. The company of like-minded believers is so important. Your company matters when you're trusting God for your healing. Your company matters. The people that encourage you. The people that tell you that Jesus will heal you. The people that stand with you are so important. And that's the second thing we see here. That our company matters. When you look at Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. It's a wonderful scripture. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. In the amplified version says. And let us consider thoughtfully how we may encourage one another to love 
and to do good things, good deeds. How are we stirring one another up in faith? Who's your company that's stirring you up in faith? That's helping you to believe more and that's helping you to trust God more and that's telling you what is in, what is possible by the word of God. Good company. The paralytic had four excellent good friends who brought him to Jesus. Friends who wanted to see him well and were willing to support him and to do what it takes alongside him to see his healing come to pass. In the book of Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 20, the Bible says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. And Proverbs 18, 21 says, one who has many unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend or a few friends who stick closer than a brother. Your company matters. Your company matters. Surround yourself with people who believe like you. People who trust God like you. People who have good and great faith like you do. And stare one another. You need people to stare you up on the journey faith. The third thing that we see as we look at this account in Luke chapter 5, the third thing we see is Jesus starts off, it says in verse 20, when he saw their faith, he said to the man, man, your sins are forgiven you. And then this dialogue goes on because the Pharisees and the scribes there start thinking that he's blaspheming because who can forgive sins except God? And Jesus knew what they were reasoning. And he said, which is easier to say in verse 23 of Luke chapter 5. He says, which is easier to say? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven you? Or is it easier to say rise up and walk? Then in verse 24, he says, but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth also to forgive sins. So he then says to the man who was paralyzed, arise, take up your bed and go to your house which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say you are healed rise up and walk what is jesus talking about jesus is first of all establishing the fact that he has the authority and the right given to him by god for the forgiveness of sins and also for the healing of mankind you see this point here is saying to us that the same Jesus, the same sacrifice that forgave your sins is the same sacrifice that healed you. So which is easier to say because the same Jesus went to the cross. The same Jesus hung on the cross. The same Jesus that forgave sins is the same Jesus that also heals. So which is easier to say? Because it's the same sacrifice, the same sacrifice that purchased our healing is the same sacrifice that purchased our forgiveness of sins. And we will see this in the Bible in Isaiah chapter 53, Isaiah chapter 53 
and verse 5. Isaiah writes there, talking about Jesus, it says, But Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. Jesus was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All of this is in one verse. So the transgressions, the iniquities, the peace and the healing all came by one person, Jesus. The same time when he was wounded was when he was bruised, was when he was chastised and was when he was beaten with stripes. That same one sacrifice that took away our transgressions and our iniquities and that brought peace into our lives that same sacrifice is the same sacrifice that also brought us healing and that's why jesus says which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or you have been healed and we see that again let's look at first peter 2 24 when we look at first peter 2 and verse 24 the bible says that Jesus himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That means he took our sins upon himself when he hung on that cross. That we haven't died to sins might live for righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. In the same verse, the same cross, the same body on the tree that bore our sins is the same body on the tree that also made us the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus and is the same body on that tree that also got us healed by his stripes we were healed so Jesus is saying which is easier to to say because it's the same Jesus the same sacrifice that forgave your sins that also healed you. And it's interesting to note when you think about this and the conversation they were having then, that they sort of accepted because they'd seen Jesus heal, I guess, so many people. So they sort of accepted that he had the power to heal, but they did not believe that he had the right or the authority to forgive sins. So they thought he was blaspheming by doing that. Now, I think about the conversations that we have today, sometimes in the church, sometimes as believers, sort of we believe that Jesus has forgiven our sins. We believe that he has the power and that his death on the cross took away our sins. We believe that because we then come into faith knowing our sins have been forgiven by Jesus, but we are not sure. That he has or that he's willing to heal us. Same conversation, different emphasis. And I would be saying to you today, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or you have been healed because it's the same sacrifice that purchased both our forgiveness, our redemption, and also our healing. So, three things. That we see from this account of Jesus healing the paralytic in Luke chapter 5 
from verse 17 through to verse 26. The first thing we see is the importance of your faith having corresponding action. No matter how little, put some corresponding action to your faith. Always put some corresponding action. The second thing that we see is that your company matters. They may be few. That's what we saw in that scripture in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 24. There are many people around you. But from that many, choose the few that you want to stick closer to you because you know that they can go on that faith journey with you. That they will stir up your faith. That they will believe like you believe. That they will encourage like you encourage. That they will bring you closer into that place of healing. And the third thing that we see here is the realization that you need to have. That the same Jesus, the same sacrifice that forgave your sins, also purchased healing for you. And by his stripes, you have been healed. By his stripes, you have been healed. By his stripes, I am healed. And I am legitimately healed. Because Jesus died on that cross I am legitimately healed as legitimate as my salvation is today because of the forgiveness of sins so much so is my healing because Jesus died on the cross and the Bible says by his stripes I have been healed God bless you I hope that is your confession as well today. And I want that to be your confession. By his stripes, I am healed. And be encouraged and be stirred up in your faith because Jesus paid the price. I'll see you soon. Thank you very much.